This is the Lindell Report, bringing you news combined with hope by offering practical and achievable action points to assist you in defending and preserving faith and freedoms. And now, here is your host, Mike Lindell. Ladies and gentlemen, please join me in giving a warm welcome for the incomparable Brennan All right, good evening. How are you guys doing? We are glad you are here. We were just pre-filming General Flynn's Sunday morning show, and now this is the official start of our Worldview Weekend. This is our 30th year to do these. Can you believe that? All right. We also want to welcome the Lindell Television Network. They are watching right now. And so the whole weekend is going to be filmed, but this is the only hour that we're putting on television live. So we're sorry the rest of you couldn't be here because these guys are going to hear from General Flynn, Mike Lindell, uh, Alex Newman, Andy Woods, uh, Todd Binsman, Dr. Peter McCullough, Colonel Mills. We've got a, quite a lineup. But we are going to start with our first speaker, uh, our first interview at least, Mike Lindell. And so we've patched in Lindell TV tonight to join us. So welcome to everybody. Well, Jimmy Kimmel recently had to talk about Mike Lindell again. How many of you saw that? Did you see that? No, of course you didn't. I never see it either. Someone has to tell me about it after the fact. But but I do like to watch it after the fact. So I want you to look to the big screen. I think Logan has it all queued up, and then I'm going to bring out Mike Lindell. Logan, are we ready to roll that? Let's roll it, Mike. Uh, Logan. Nobody's talking about the obvious choice for speaker, which is the my pillow man mike lindell he would be a great speaker if they work late he's got pillows for everybody he's well that's basically it but pillows at this point that might be enough can you imagine mike lindell sitting behind biden at the state of the union chewing on his mustache and clapping like a seal it would be great right mike's having financial difficulties right now and so he's planning some kind of a telethon a mike lindellathon if you will to raise money for his defense fund and guess who he very much wants to be on that telethon? Remember, October 28th, mark your calendar. It's going to be a marathon telethon. Jimmy, if you would like to come on, you don't have to come to Brandon's studio if you don't want, but we would love to have you on by Skype. And when we get the new day, Brandon, we're going to send a formal invitation to Jimmy Kimmel. Maybe that's the night that Jimmy could, uh, could Skype in. I just scratched yeah, it no. off my calendar. So, Jimmy, you scratch it off yours and we'll regroup. You're welcome to come on live and... Say whatever you want, Jimmy. So as soon as he responds, we know what day the telethon is. There you go. I think he will, Brand. I, he, I really well, he said he, he has said that he is our number one fan. You know what? I would pick him up in my plane, Brandon, to deliver him to the studios. Wow. Wait a minute. Wow. You still have a plane? <laughs> How is that possible? I'm saying, I mean, I love you, Mike, but I'm sorry. I'm not going to be part of a telethon for anyone who has a plane. By my, my plane, you think he means a Spirit Airlines flight out of Burbank, right? <laughs> Who let all these people on my plane? I hope whoever flies his plane isn't the same person who runs his website, because if it is, he'd better start selling my parachutes, too. 
I was trying to find the bath sheet towels. Just put in bath or put in towels and I'll show you where the bath sheets are. All right, towels. Liz, Liz, our mutual friend Liz texts me. Must know where they are. Keep scrolling, keep scrolling, keep scrolling, keep scrolling, keep scrolling, keep scrolling. Um, I don't see it. Somebody help me here. Bath mats, bath mats, washcloth, hand towels, um, bath wrap, beach towels, cooling towels. That's a good question. We just seen, I just seen them. Um, click on, click on the towels themselves and go down to the bottom of them. Click on the bath towels. No. Individual my towels. Go click over there. Okay, no, and see what you, no, those aren't it either. You put it in the search engine, they didn't come up. Huh? Correct, correct. No, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll find them. Okay. The, the computer genius. <laughs> The man who blew the lid off the crooked voting machines can't find his own bath towels on his website. Taylor Swift has the fifth biggest movie of the year already. She oh, well, ladies and, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, join me in welcoming Mike Lindell. Thank you. Uh, well, Mike, welcome. Wait, Jimmy's right here. Hold on. Him <laughs> <laughs> and I uh, have a little rapport going on. Yes, you we? do. <laughs> you do. How many of you think Jimmy should join us for the telethon? <laughs> I mean, Mike has been on his show twice. Don't you think he should at least come on by Skype for right. five minutes? Right. Uh, well, let's explain the towel situation. We had just plugged that two right, days right. earlier. And the big, big sheet towels, right? Sheets. They ran out we a half out hour them. before we were on the show. <laughs> and we didn't know that, so they got pulled. I'm going, they were here a minute ago. <laughs> so, full context, right, right. they were gone because they sold out. But look what Jimmy did. He runs our whole website there. That's nice, right? Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, uh, you know, it's funny because both times I went on there, the... You know, when we couldn't get the word out about the elections in 2021, other than them attacking me every day, um, I said, I'll go. You know, I, we, when we started this show, we were teasing Jimmy Kimmel. We're going after him. And he invited me on his show. And you guys, one of the things when I went on his show, to, both times I had a piece because the first time I got there and they said he had read my book. And what I always do to the, the journalists on the left, I, I make them read my book before I even will give them a long-term interview, a long-session interview. And uh, anyway, so I'd heard that. And then if you all seen that, that was live. When I went out there, and uh, he tried to twist it as a crack addict and all this stuff, and I, I, used the, I used that story, I threw it back at him, you know. And we got to halfway through the show, we went to a commercial break. And I could tell he was torn. He's going down a list to attack me. You know, they, mm. um, you know, ABC owned by Disney. You know, they, this was the last thing they were going to put into Mike Lindell and uh, to shut him up. And and uh, we got to a commercial break, and he goes, I go, Jimmy, you, I said, um, um, you read my book, I heard. And he goes, yeah. And I said, well, why got it? We got to unite this country. I said, I said, you did. They attacked you last year when you did blackface in the 90s. And he goes, he says, yeah, but Mike, here's the difference. I did something bad. All you've done is back a man you believe in. 
And so it was very, you know, it's like, wow, I see kind of a different side of him in between. Uh, you know, he was torn. And that was during the commercial break. But during the commercial break. And then this last time when he, saw, he joked on his show and said the only way Mike Liddell could come back on the show would be if he went inside a crane game across the street because he's not vaccinated. And I thought, well, I don't care if I got to go inside of a crane game to get the word out. And, uh, and when I got there for that... He did the monologue that day, and I'm in the green room, and the monologue he did, I was, I was worried I couldn't get to say what I needed to get out about the elections and about what we had to do to get rid of the voting machines. And he basically said it all in his monologue, so I had this piece about me. He had us, Brandon and I, in the, on the show, and I'm, I'm looking at paper like a spy, you know, and get rid of the machines. And so it was very, uh, he basically said it all. So now I could go on there and just have fun with it, you know. And so God said both times I felt that God set this up. So I was able to go on there and, and not be nervous and not be, you know, and I had fun with it. I mean, when he goes, I think if you all seen that show, he, this little kids there, I had no, you know, this wasn't scripted, believe me. And he go, and Jimmy comes on when he came on. He goes, well, Mike, you're inside of a crane game, you know, fear of machines. I go, yeah, Jimmy, remember when we were little and we always thought these carnival games were rigged and we spoke out about them, but we didn't get sued. You know, <laughs> so. But, uh, and at, off afterwards, off, off camera that night. Yeah, then off camera, that's right. At the end of the show, or I mean, at the end of the, they get me out of the crane game and they said, Mike, Jimmy wants to talk to you upstairs. And so I went upstairs, and his parents were there. And he said, his parents had came just to meet me. And I remember his mom, his, and his mom says, she says, you know, Mike, your people pick on my son all the time. And I go, um, I said, you do realize, I don't know what you're talking about, my people, but you do realize your son attacks people all the time too, right? And she goes, oh, you're such a card. I read your book. And I, I'm <laughs> she going, read your book? Yeah, she had read my book. But then Jimmy came out, and he asked me questions. He said, Mike, do you really think you can get rid of these computers or these machines? I said, absolutely. I said, I will never stop because we lose our country. And, uh, and, um, but, but he was a, he was very different person. He had questions that, you know, I mean, it wasn't in his shtick, right? You know, so now he's talking face to face and he wanted a picture and, uh, we took picture of the fake Mike that had went a little nuts on the crane machine. Um, but they, uh, but yeah, no, he was very, um, I could have sat and talked to him all day. He had a lot of questions. So even going on his show, you know, it raised questions even for people on the, on the left. And he, uh, if you watch that, what I like watching, I don't need to see, you know, my own comments, my own stuff. You can every day, you know, the, you know, it's all encouragement and stuff. I like watching over here the people, the attack people, not the bots and trolls. I mean, real people. And those people, after that Jimmy Kimmel show, it changed the whole atmosphere over here. They're going, wow, Mike was really funny. And there was, well, maybe he does have some. Because Jimmy even said, if you, if you remember on that show, he said, Mike, I really believe that you believe that on what you're saying. But I don't believe Carrie Lake or Donald Trump. I think they're doing it for other reasons. Remember when he said that? And, uh, you know, and remember, I'm getting sued for $8 billion because they say I did this all for a marketing campaign. You know, oh, my pillow's going to make so much money using promo codes off by bad-mouthing these machine companies. Why, don't you think I would have learned after the first $100 million it might have been a bad marketing plan? Right? <laughs> so, anyway. <laughs>
Did he ask about your co-host? What's that? Did oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the first time he said, remember when he bashed Brandon? <laughs> he goes, and I don't know who that when he first came out with Lindell TV and Frank Speech and, and uh, Jimmy was on his show bashing me. He goes, and I don't know who this unknown guy is with this little pocket patch. <laughs> 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 he knows who he is now. He said he he asked about Brandon. He asked about Brandon. He goes, "Oh, how's Brandon doing?" He, uh, <laughs> you're, you've made a friend, right? Uh, yeah, Jimmy and I are like this. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but, uh, oh anyway. wow! All right. So, what I want to accomplish tonight, before we get into more serious stuff of where you're at, the fights you are taking on and nonstop, you're not going to back down. The attacks by Newsweek and the media. Right. I would first like to get a couple lighthearted stories from you. How many of you read Mike's book in here? Wow. All right. Wow. Good. <laughs> well, what I'm still here. Come on. <laughs> one of my favorite stories is the parachute story. Okay. Yeah. So this, uh, this one, this is one of my favorite stories too, because it's, uh, it starts out, I got a motorcycle and it was 1978 and it was I was 17 years old and in Minnesota you get a you get you have to have a motorcycle endorsement and you got to go through all this rigmarole this you know stuff of, but if you're if you're 18 you don't have to do that you go and take the test and get your motorcycle license so I'm only 2 months from my 18th birthday and I'm you know I'll worry about that later right so I'm driving my motorcycle and I was working in a drive-in movie theater and a grocery store, so this is like three in the morning, the movies had got out, and I'm heading home, and, and I'm on this motorcycle. Well, uh, the cop, the town cop, or one of our town cops, he's seen me, so I did what anybody would do back then that didn't have a motorcycle, and I took off to outrun the cops, right? <laughs> and uh, and uh, I, I, she chased me all over town, and, and I, I went where there was a, um, a fence where you could get through, and his car wouldn't fit through. But I missed the fence entry and hit the fence head on. So I got nine, nine tickets that day, uh, nine, failing to yield to a four-way semaphore, uh, reckless driving, uh, don't, failing to yield to an emergency vehicle. Then the very next day, I'm back on that motorcycle, right? I mean, back then, they didn't arrest me and bring me in. He just rode up nine tickets, have a nice day. You know, the, so I'm back on my motorcycle the next day. At, what are the odds I pass the same cop in another town, right? The next town over. So I take off again. And, uh, and, but this day I'd wore, I wore a helmet so he wouldn't see it was me, right? And, uh, so I take off again. And then that day I got eight tickets. They caught me. I fell over on the bike. So I had, I had 17 tickets on this motorcycle in two days. Well, I go to get to, before the judge, it's about two weeks later, I'm making my first appearance, so I bring my mom with, and I go, Mom, we're on the way to the court. I say, whatever you do, you got to tell them. You don't want your son tried as an adult. They'll put me in jail, you know. And uh, so she's listening to me, or I think that, right, all the way to the jail, and I mean all the way to the courthouse. And we get to, well, we get to the courthouse. We get to the courthouse, and I'm sitting there, and... There's like maybe four other people in court. It was usually, you know, it's a ton. I've been to court a million times, but there was very few people. And my mom and I sat in the front. The judge comes in and they, you know, all rising. He no more than sat down. And my mom stands up and goes, Your Honor, I am tired of my son always getting off easy. I want him tried as an adult. I'm looking, I go, I go, that's not what we practiced. And, uh, so, so I stand up and I go, Your Honor, 
I said, if you try me as an adult, theoretically, then she should not be here. And I think what she just said should be stricken from the record. And she's a hostile witness. And he goes, sit down, Mr. Lindell. I mean, just, you know, you got very upset, right? So I plead guilty to all these tickets, right, without a lawyer. And I plead guilty each one. I have no plea bargain or nothing, right? I just plead guilty. And he goes through them on me, and he says, uh, he says, you know, what you, he said, you in the courtroom, Mike did a very stupid thing here, but he, he said, uh, you might have heard I let him off easy. Each ticket was like $10, $20. It added up to what you would have got for reckless driving for all these tickets combined. But at the end, he put, if you ride that motorcycle one more time before you're 18 and you get a license, he says, I'm putting you in jail for six months. So I get out of there and I'm thinking, well, you know, okay, I'll, I'm not going to ride the motorcycle, I right? Well, I was skydiving at the time, okay, and I was and the next day in Stanton, Minnesota, I had my ninth jump, and my van wasn't working, so I only had one choice, and I had to get down there to do that last jump by the plane pulled by static line, or I wouldn't be able to go into free fall, and you know that would be the last static line jump before I had to free fall. Well, I'd been up all night because I worked the drive-in and I'd worked at the grocery store. And, I said, well, I gotta go. I can't get the van around. I'm gonna take the motorcycle, right? So I jump on the motorcycle and I head down to Stanton, Minnesota from uh, Chaska, Minnesota, Carver. And it's about an hour drive. I was so tired, I fell asleep on the motorcycle, right? So I fall asleep, crash the bike, and I slid perfectly into the ditch like I'm skiing down the, you know, just, and waking up going, what's going on? Well, the bike rolls down the freeway and, uh, so I go retrieve the bike, and I'm all scun up, and, and, uh, and I get on there, and the, the bike's bent up, and, and I'm, I feel, well, I'm still one piece, but I was so determined to do that jump, because otherwise I would have had to wait three or four weeks. And, uh, you know, and anyway, so I get back on there, and I head down there, and I get down there. Well, we had to pack our own parachutes that day, too. So I'm packing. I'm, remember, I'm pretty tired, right? I hadn't packed a chute either. Well, so I'm packing this chute. You never packed a chute before? I had not packed a We had an instructor by, you know, but, and uh, I had just, uh, that's a whole other story. But anyway, <laughs> um, so, so I pack my chute and we go up to jump out of the plane and I jump out of the plane and I have what's called a streamer. The, there's a big glob of stuff up there and you're supposed to dump the chute. It was the old round chutes, okay? You're supposed to pull these tabs and dump it. Well, I just went, ah, you know, and, uh, and I'm afraid of heights, by the way, too. And uh, so, so I'm falling, and at a thousand feet, they said your altimeter would blow it open if you're going too fast, and then your reserve could, would come open, but the two would tangle and you die. That's basically what, you know, if you don't dump the other one. Well, I didn't dump the other one. Well, then about, they figure about 1,500 feet, a bubble blew open in the parachute and started spinning me in this circle. And uh, I actually seen on TV one, same thing, and it says, I survived this. But this and uh, anyway, but this lady hit trees. What I hit was a hard cornfield. Well, so I'm hitting, so it spins, and it slowed me enough so it didn't blow the reserve open. And I hit the ground, they figure about maybe 55, 60 miles an hour. And now I'm knocked out. And, and um, I wake up, and the, the, the jump master and the pilot had already landed. you got to remember, this is there's, it's an old rickety plane, uh, you know, two-seater, whatever, that we were doing this out of. And, and, uh, and then I think the farmer was there, because if you landed in the corns, it cost you an extra $4. The beans cost you 6 right? And uh, 
Well, well, he, I apparently I'd hit his horn. Well, anyway, they're, I'm waking up. They're waking me up, and I'm going, and now I'm just I'm coming to, and he goes, and uh, all I could hear out in the distance was <whistles> the old. They had called the ambulance and the and probably the county sheriff, right? And <whistles> I could hear you know, it's ringing my ear. Well, in my ear. I'm hearing that judge going, you're getting six months in jail if you rode that motorcycle, right? So I'm getting up. That's all I care about. I got to get out of there before the cop gets there. So I'm getting up and, and they're going, and back to the 1970s, they're going, you know, they're, they're, you know, he might have said, stay down. Are you okay? I'm going, yeah, I'm fine. And the jump master's going, you didn't dump, you didn't dump. And I said, you don't get it. I'm never coming back. And, uh, <laughs> So I get on my bike, and it's now, and now my body, I'm bloody bashed up from both accidents, and I'm heading back, and I pass the old ambulance coming in, and the cop with the old bubbles on top, big white, look like a hearse, Roo, they come in, and as I'm leaving, and I took dirt roads all the way home, an hour home, and I prayed, I said, God, if you get me home, I will never jump out of an airplane or ride a motorcycle again. <laughs> I never have done either since that day. <laughs> Uh, all right, one more, one more story. That story's in the book. That one, that was, and uh, by the way, the uh, yeah, I didn't ride the motorcycle because of that. It probably saved me six months of jail because I would have rode it all the way up there and probably. Got, <laughs> Let's tell the uh, intervention one. Yeah, and then uh, you know, and I was always a functioning addict, you guys. Uh, um, through I got into cocaine in the early '80s, and then uh, I raised a family. We are, like I say, addiction isn't everyone. Uh, Attic you see on the streets. It doesn't matter. I say in my book, it doesn't matter how many forks you eat with. Addiction affects everyone. Okay, and um, and I've been everywhere from zero forks to four forks. But but anyway, I was. Uh, this was uh, this February of 2008, and my pillow. I invented my pillow in 2004. I started crack cocaine in 1999. So I had two parallel tracks when I did my pillow and stuff. I did shows all over the Midwest. I wouldn't, I would not be high. I would just, I would have to completely control that. And, and, uh, but then over here, it was, like I say, it was too, too destructive path and, and just a blimp on a radar. My pillow, by the way, in 2008 was just a small heartbeat on the radar because I was so into crack. Well, anyway, I was downtown Minneapolis and I had been up for 14 days and there was a warrant out for innocent on, by the way. Um, and, uh, and there's a warrant out. Well, I had to get these papers to my brother three days later. Um, so it would have been three days after this 14 days. And they, uh, and if, if I don't get these papers to my brother, my pillow wouldn't be here. Okay. It was, you'd have to read the book to explain that. Well, I went downtown Minneapolis and it was 14 days. I come out of the bedroom of a, one of my drug dealers houses or apartments. And there's all three of my drug dealers that stand there and all three of them, they knew each other, but they had, they had never met. And these are big dealers. They all kept kind of their place in Minneapolis where they're running. And, and uh, I said, what are you guys doing? And one guy, uh, Ty speaks up. He says, uh, he says, uh, you've been up for 14 days and, and, uh, we're cutting you off. And I go, what? I said, and I, he, I said, what is this an intervention? He said, call it whatever you want, Mike. And the one guy got mad too. And he left. He goes, he goes, you've been up man for this long. And he, he left. The other guy went down to the streets and got the word out, which I didn't know. I found out way, you know, way later on. Well, I sat up with him. He says, how much crack you got left? And I showed him and, 
And uh, this is 8 o'clock at night. By 2 in the morning, I was on a crack, and he had fell asleep in his chair there. And I'm, I'm carpet farming and scraping the pipe. And, um, and I look over, and, I, and uh, so now I go, oh, good, he's finally asleep. And I head down the streets of Minneapolis, and I couldn't get crack anywhere. I mean, they had gotten the word out, and I'm going up, and you can get in any big city. This is crack central where I was at. And people, addicts, people selling crack, they wouldn't do it. I'm offering people $50, $100 for $5, nothing, because they had got the word out. You sell to this guy, and we're, you know, we're coming after you. So I come up an hour later upstairs, and, and Ty's standing there. He's, he's up, he's like he's waiting up like my mother. And he, he goes, how'd that work out for you? And I said, and I was upset, and he goes, uh, he goes, man, you've been telling us for years that this, that you're going to quit, quit all these drugs, the world, and uh, you're going to come back and help us out of this addiction world we're living in. Because I would always preach to them and say, I'm going to quit someday. I'm going to come back and I'm going to help you all. And God's going to set me free of that. I would, I would literally, the dealers, everyone, you know, that I would be with. And he goes, give me your phone. And, and he took a picture from my phone and he says, that book you say you're going to write someday, he said, uh, um, you're going to need that for that book. That's on the cover of my book. Is If you cl- go like this, it's where that's taken when I was up the 14 days. But what I haven't told is the story where this leads to then. So I I go to bed then. What the words he said actually hit home with me because I remember me, I would say that to them, and I'm going, wow, they, they, they did this intervention. I mean, some of the worst dealers knowing that I was their hope because they listened to, you know, kept, you know, I was a salesman even then of telling them about God. And even though I didn't have God and, uh, but I always wanted to be that person. Well, anyway, so I fell asleep and I slept for two days, two and a half days. Well, I woke up on the day that my brother had to have those papers. It had to do with law, law labels. You know, those labels, you can't tear off the pillows. They spoke to you. That's well, they're not for you. They're for the people making them. Okay. And you need those licenses, and that expired. We'd lose it for a year. My pillow wouldn't be here. And then plus there was a thing that was going on in Canada. So I had the chance driving a half hour out to Carver, Minnesota from Minneapolis. And uh, believe me, my world wasn't good after I woke up those two days. I kind of opened my eyes and go, please make this a dream. And it wasn't a dream. It was real. And so I drive all the way out there. And when you go into where we're working on this little schoolhouse, you, there's only one way in, and there's no way out if you go in that. You, you go in the same, up this little drive thing. And I go to go up the drive thing, and here's Larry, our town cop. A different town, by the way, than the motorcycle. And I pass Larry like this. I go, no, what are the odds, right? So I fly up the hill. Larry wheels around. I grab these papers. I got, and uh, I jump out of my car, and he's ready like Barney Fife grabbing his gun, shaking. He goes, Mike, stop right there. And I go, and I... I stop and I'm about here to the front row here from Larry. I go, Larry, I go, I go, I know you're, I know you're going to arrest me. And I said, but I want to tell you something. If my brother doesn't get these papers, I said, it has something to do with the future, something to do with God. Millions of people are going to be affected. Millions of people. And I said, I know you're going to arrest me anyway, but I said, I tell you what, if I'm not found innocent next Tuesday in court, I promise you that you could arrest me anytime, and I promise I'll have cocaine on me. And he looks at me, and he goes, call your brother. So I cut my brother, give him the papers, right? Now, I was found innocent the following Tuesday, by the way. Well, anyway, nine years go by. That was, that was in 2008, in, in uh, February of 2008. 
Nine years go by, I believe it was 2017 now. Remember, I was freed of everything on January 16, 2009. Never did a drug or thing since that day that God set me free of everything. Well, so I hadn't seen Larry in nine years. And in 2017, in September, I was doing, uh, or it might have been 16, I'm sorry. And I was, my town, in my town, they were having a parade. And we do, we throw out little pillows to the little kids there. And uh, it's one of the things I look forward to every year. And go back to my hometown and, they, and uh, so we're sitting on the float waiting to go down the hill and I hear woo, 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 just like the old days right I'm having flashbacks and and uh, here comes Larry and he pulls up in his squad and I go and I, I go Larry he goes Mike he goes do you know what I did for the people right am I in that book because <laughs> <laughs> by, by then by then he had seen my life be you know what God had done and but he, but I said to Larry I got, jumped off the float we hugged and I said I said Larry I said do you remember what I told you that day back in 2008 he said exactly the words I just told you. And I said, so you believe millions of people what God had shown me? He goes, I said, why would you believe something like that? He goes, Mike, you always were transparent and told the truth no matter. He said it was almost, you know, you had that. And then he said, plus he said your eyes, you believed it yourself. And he said, I didn't want to screw with anything God was had planned. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, uh, so that story's in the book and that's, uh, this, these stories that are in the book, it's like, I've had so many people come to me. When they come to me now in the country, it used to be, you know, for my pillow, you know, because of my pillow, we've sold 80 million. It's changed everybody's lives for sleep. Well, now they come for two reasons. I mean, all the time I can set my watch, but I go anywhere, whether it's California. I've never had one negative person come up to me ever, but they all flood up and they go, they say, one is don't ever stop. Please don't stop. Secure our elections. Save our country on that, you know, for all of us. I mean, you know, using it. It's God's given me that platform of a voice. And the other one is that they tell me what their the book has brought them to Jesus or that they brought them that the story that I had or that they, um, you know, that they seen they were an addict and they because of my story that I've used for and been very transparent about it, it's helped them, which means so much to me that, you know, and those two things, and I hear it all the time, and they, uh, um, and it's not, it's like where we are now. If you combine all that, we're in a, we have a bucket here that's going on in our country and in the world. And this bucket is, uh, um, the revival bucket for Jesus Christ. This bucket, people don't come to Jesus when things are going good. You can go back to December of 2019, and I told our real president this, Donald Trump. He said, I said, you know, I said, you, he, he's got a bucket too. There's, I'll, I'll do his bucket first. I said, sir, you've given, you have a bucket here, the common sense bucket. When you talk about, uh, you know, I know this now, it doesn't matter the politicians, whatever, with the people. We all people are pouring into this bucket because he's done nothing to make them leave that bucket. He did what he was supposed to as a politician. He made decisions that manifested to December of 2019 when everybody's lives had physically improved wherever your baseline was. If you started in the, on the streets, you're, you know, you're somewhat improved physically while we're here, okay? Everybody's lives, you know, had went up. Highest consumer confidence, you can, you can go on and on and on. Of course, then they brought in the China virus and the stole election, and then now we're at now. But what's going on now, and, I, and I've said it a million times, everything that's going on now that's bad is actually God's using for good. 
because there's two things going on. Everybody's pouring into this bu this political bucket of common sense. You know, that's why Donald Trump, every time he gets indicted, he goes up 10 more points in polls. You know, he called me up the one. He goes, Mike, what do you think of my picture? You know, David picture. Well, I said, sir, I've had a lot of them, and that his pictures go for that. It's pretty good. I said, I said, you look like you're going to come back and go after everybody, all these bad people. And uh, but his polls went up. I said, what are the people think? I said, your polls keep going up because we're on to that now. Where the attacks mean you're right over target and you're doing the right thing. And. And I said, people, and this is what I told them, people are pouring into this bucket, politically into this bucket. And I'm talking, I'm not, I'm talking uniparty, or not uniparty, um, I'm talking Republicans on pouring in and Democrats. And every, they're all here because it's a common sense bucket where you make decisions, problem, solution, and what will they manifest to? And what's even doing it more good is what's going on now, all the bad things. But that's doing the biggest thing for us in our in the world history is the biggest revival in history because now we had a taste of good and we and we say God gave us grace when I said that at the Rose Garden speech when I said God gave us grace we need to spend time in our Bibles get back in the Word our families well when we did that people come up to me all the time when I said people come up to me all the time Mike this doesn't feel like grace and I said oh but it is we're in the best time in history to be alive because it is the biggest revival ever because people now, they got to see, you know, you think people were reaching out to God on December of 2019? No, everyone's taking it for granted. Oh, Donald Trump, you know, look at, you know, look at this. This is great. We just, all we needed was this. Well, no, we need what's going on right now because people are getting saved for eternity because they're going, they're praying and jumping into this bucket. If you're an evangelist now or you're a pastor and you can't minister to people now, you're in the wrong profession, you know. I mean, you really are, you know. And uh, so I'm excited where, where we're at is, uh, um, you know, it's sad when they have the border open and fentanyl and they're pouring and they're killing, you know, with the addiction, um, you know, stuff going on because you couple, you know, uh, people that feel hopeless and you add that to addiction and then it becomes lethal and and um, but that's why getting the word out is so important that there is hope and that's what we try and put forth on Lindell TV yeah, is get do. the get the hope out there the physical hope that we're gonna fix our elections and save our country and then also the hope I'm, I'm gonna say one more thing but for that that was one long question right? <laughs> <laughs> um, Here's one more thing, and I've said it before, for all of you that pray out there and they, for that are praying, uh, people say to me all the time, and I, I'll tell you, I've been very frustrated, I, I, even myself the last few weeks, because it's been probably the biggest attack. I can take most anything, but when my company gets attacked, it becomes very personal, and, uh, and because they have families and every, you know, so I'm praying to God, God, you know, please help us, you know, and, uh, but people over here, that pray and they say, Mike, this didn't happen. And I always say, um, you know, I prayed so hard that Donald Trump would have got back in or, or I prayed and this, this didn't come true. I said, well, those are reactionary prayers. I used to do them all the time. I'd be in jail going, please, God, let me out. I'll never do it again. You know, and or something, or something similar. And, and those reactionary prayers might not be God's will. And then I say to them, well, you know, well, where is God's will? God's will is in the word. And every day I try and stay in the Word every morning and read the Bible. And, and if you take that, you can be proactive in prayer, everybody, and they line up beautifully. 
And when they line up, that's what gives me so much confidence and optimism you see every day because I can look above and say, look over everything as a big picture and not just here, everywhere in the world. You know, I've, I've had people now that I've been brought to places. I'm good friends with President Bolsonaro. I mean, around the world where people are reaching out me. I just was on a call with Israel the other night. And, and Israel, they said, this guy's very high up. And he said, my Will you make a video and, and pray, to pray we can put out the country to pray and praying for us? And I said, okay. And he says, well, I said, well, why? You know, why? You know, cause that's all he called me for. He goes, well, Mike, you're on our TV. You're over here all the time. All the time, they're, they're on, you know, on TV there and not for selling pillows, you know. It's because they see it's just a voice, all of our voices, that there's hope. And we're putting out that, hey, we are going to get through this and uh, putting out our, our courage and uh and spreading that, and and so, I guess um, no, I lost my track of thought. <laughs> well, but uh, the bottom yeah. line here I want to move to is the attacks. They just don't right. stop, Mike. Right. No, you, they you've don't. had. You told me the other night that one day this week was the worst day of ten days that you can count on mm -hmm. since you started. It, it was pillow. in. It was in. It was probably the worst in the top ten for sure. Um, this last week, probably the top five attack on my pillow ever. And that includes 2021 when, uh, January of 21 when they, all the box stores just, they try to take my pillow. So every out. time you turn around, there's a new attack coming to try to crush your business. Mm -hmm. From the bank, business. from the bankings to the, to, um, merchant servers to anybody that knows what that is to American Express. They just out of the blue set, took away our million dollar line of credit. That one's, that one there. And here's, Here's what they did. If I had to take this back, it was all planned. See, I look at it. This was planned last spring. If you, it started with, uh, there was a week. Do you all remember when, uh, uh, Fox News made the dirty deal with Dominion for $787 million? They did that on a Tuesday. You know what came out on Wednesday? Mike Lindell loses $5 million. His evidence is no good. That was on everything in the world. Number one story in the world. Now, first it was the Fox thing, then the number one story was that. That $5 million thing doesn't even go to court until 2024 late. And they're saying, Mike Lindell, that's for, no, what about the $8 million, or $8 billion I'm sued for? This is $5 million now. What the heck? What's the difference? Right? <laughs> um, so they, but they did that on purpose to say, here, Fox makes this dirty deal. Mike Lindell owes this, and they're saying his evidence is no good. So you see the narrative they pushed out to the world. Nothing to see here, everybody. Then what did they do that on Friday? Fox News, they didn't fire Tucker. You don't realize that. He gets paid, you know, what, 30 million a year, whatever it is, for a couple of years. They just took him off the bench. You got a ball player that's batting 400 and they bench him. He was their number one draw. Now you think there's not a hidden agenda, everybody? Okay. You already paid your 787 million. You know, you've already supposedly dumb, said something wrong, you know, which you didn't. But uh, you see what I'm doing there? In that week, they tried to completely crush what? Says it about overturning the 2020 election, or what is their whole narrative? Stop people trying to get rid of the machines and the computers. That's what this has all been about, everybody. They feared Donald Trump in there. And General Flynn said it good the other day. I was talking to him, and he said, he said, um, you know, if they, if we would have been the bad guys, okay, and I always said the market, if I'm the bad guy's marketer, I would have said, don't do anything stupid to ruin the country until they shut up about the election. He went one step further. He said, they should have let Donald Trump win. 
and, he, and not even helping the, the Uniparty, not help him and go, go out another four years. You already have those computers. Once he's gone, it's over. Okay. But instead, they made a critical mistake. They didn't, they fought this in, in 2020. And you read, if you, I encourage you all to go to theplan.com. And there's a thing I did it in this summer on, in August. It's called How We Got Here. I actually wrote, I present, let me use his teleprompter. It's, that was that important. But that thing says all the bad things you see happening, like December 14, Donald Trump didn't get to come back in and all these things. They're actually, if, if those things were to happen then, it wasn't on God's timing and we lose our country forever. Because we wouldn't have known everything we have now. We have every tool, everything, everything you can imagine to get to write this country and secure our elections and save our country for our children and grandchildren. And, and, but if anything would have happened along the way where you pull out a card and it's not, you know, and things changing, okay, like my Supreme Court thing, it wasn't right then. You know, we have great things coming, great things coming. We have one now that will probably finally get there. That's coming from the top. Then we have all this ground game coming from the bottom up. That's why they're attacking me. You think they're kind of over? Mike Lindell won't shut up about, you know, the media. They got tired of twisting it. Mike Lindell says Donald Trump's coming back next week. Mike Lindell's overturned the election. No, the realest theory is what? I think I've changed that. Every single day I wake up is we have to melt down the, the electronic voting machines and turn them into prison bars. I've been preaching that for two years. And this is, you know... And, and there's countries watching from around the world. I talked to the Venezuela underground. All these countries, 52 countries have been lost to the computers. 52. The last one, my good friend, President Bolsonaro. Um, the Brazil's the last one in South America. Now they're all gone. Australia, Canada, gone. But they're watching because everything that can, that happens over the next year here, uh, next year and a half probably, when the walls come tumbling down and we get rid of these machines and we have paper ballots hand counted, like UK, like Germany, like France, like the Netherlands, we get that. You can get your country back. But in the meantime, look what they look what's happened. You know, when, even with Congress, I thought, wow, that's when they when they stole all these other congressmen. Even was them then to in the 2022 election, they stole at least 12 to, to 12 between 12 and 20. It would have been overwhelming, uh, red, okay, Congress. But instead, we got this little majority, which gave what? It gave power to about eight or ten of them, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what you're seeing, the manifestation of that. At that time, I thought, this is terrible. But if I know now what I knew then, I'm going, this is beautiful, right? So, so there's so much hope out there, but that's why they're attacking. That's why they've turned up. When we did that event in August, I always blame it on Brandon. Um, they, um, yeah, they, they, we, so we do this event, and, and uh, of course, they always try and suppress it, and you're never, you know, and, but what they did, they just turned up the attack. But what I was getting to last spring, when they did those three, three things in a row, Mike Lindell loses five million, some of the, some of the vendors and some of the stuff out there, they got nervous. They called me up and they're going, you know, so I get some stuff overseas like sheets and stuff. Well, they have credit at their banks for like 120 days because the ship's got to come over. And who knows if they get here, like during the China virus, they'd sit them, Biden left them sit out to sea for how long? Well, they, um, so that happened and they were nervous. Well, then along comes June 
And in later June, my manager calls me up from one of my factories and says, hey, we're not in retail anymore, just a few, and we have thousands of dollars worth of, of retail equipment that's just used to make retail, retail stuff, right? The retail manufacturing. Well, here, the... Um, so and we have duplicates. So I said, he goes, can I sell half of that and have a and um, I have an auction? I said, sure, I don't care. Didn't even say how much he was selling. Whatever, I figure it was an auctioneer. They come down fifty-two, fifty-two. I imagine inside the building. I didn't know it's a worldwide online thing, right? The media grabbed that, and what did they say? You all heard it. Mm-hmm. My pillow's auctioning off everything. They're done. Put a fork in them. They're done. My pillow's gone. They're auctioning off everything. Well then. So then they all got nervous out there, and I had companies that I've dealt with for 15 years take a line of credit that's 90 days and say, we want 30 days, and you got 10 days to get there. You guys have no idea taking million dollars you've dealt with for 15 years, and now you're squishing it into a 30 to 40 period, on top of paying lawyers $2 million a month. And that's on top of me over here personally, personally financing everything, not, not my lawsuits. This is to save our country. This is to, this is the, um, all the lawsuits you see out there, the cause of America I set up, the election crime bureau. That's to the tune of, I'm setting up Frank Speed to the tune of 50 million, everything I had in the world. Every dime was spent here by this summer. Every dime. I borrowed money in the spring to put more money in over here. Then, what do they do? Then they come up with this, then American Express. Now, American Express, they run our, we do our sh- shipping. They do our, uh, we do our shipping like post office. We do the, um, like Suckabucks, Facebooks, we buy ads. Um, uh, over at, um, um, oh, Google AdWord, AdWords, and you put the American Express on there, and it already pulls these with the computers. And if there's, if you, you have to always keep that under your credit. You would lose a whole string of ads, okay? So we never, and the moral of the story is, we're never, ever even a dollar late. We keep that well under the million-dollar mark. And if it goes low, if we have a busy two days, you better stick a couple hundred thousand to keep that current. We've been doing it for, uh, what, two decades. Well, American Express came on a Thursday and said, um, or Friday, and uh, my rep says, he says, yeah, we're lowering your credit line down to 100,000. I said, what? And I said, uh, no, you're not. I said, for what? What are you talking about? He goes, well, this is what I got from above. And I said, well, Matt, you better go tell them that we're done. That shuts down everything. It shuts down. It turns off. You're done. And uh, that was the last I heard from him. Okay. And they, they came. They shut it down. They said it was Tuesday. They shut it down on a Monday. <clears throat> now they went completely dark on us. They don't care about the money that's owed on that card. Now you think about that. Wouldn't you call up and say, I'd like my 900000 No, they don't care. That was to, to finally cripple my pillow for good. Then you got, there's other things happen with the, with merchant accounts and everything. Now everybody ca- called in their credit when they seen that in the news. Okay. And I'm out there saying, at the same time, I went to my lawyers. I said, this two million a month, we're out of money. I'm not. I can't pay you here. We can't keep at this. I'll go to the jurors myself and say this wasn't a marketing plan. These these lawyers were doing stuff for some trial that's going to happen two years out, 
everything that should have been normal, which I asked Dominion to sue me. Sue me, Dominion, sue me. I asked him to sue me so I could present the evidence. Do you guys all know that Dominion, Smartmatic, the Coomer, they've all had the 32 terabytes of Dennis Montgomery and the PCAPs? They've had it all. Dennis has testified. That was my original evidence. You couple that with Casphone records of the half the country and all the evidence that's poured in. We got evidence. It's over. Here you go. Let's show this. What are we waiting for? Well, then we do a summary judgment. Well, a normal summary judgment, they stop everything. You look at it and say, hey, uh, there's enough evidence here. Like my cousin Vinny, you know, and in spite of all this, it's over. Everybody go home. It's that you win. Instead, the judge says, you know, don't, you just keep, you just keep spending money and you just keep on discovery. They, they, they came after my company to, my pillow had nothing to do with this. They got, all of a sudden we get from the lawyers. Yeah, they need everybody's phones going back to 2018. This is not a lie. And emails to 2018. Three of the employees are not with us anymore. They're dead. Five of them don't work for us. They quit in 2019. This is bizarre. And I'm going, and in the meantime, the money, millions of dollars, which I'm out. So I told him, I said, I gotta, I can't, I can't do this anymore. There'll be nothing left to save of my company if I keep paying this. So as you've seen that in the news, now when that hit the news, I mean, it was, we tried to get out in front of it. I'm going, I'm the one that put it out there. And, um, so now the, um, in one of the cases, they're saying, well, you're supposed to get time to get new attorneys, right? Well, they gave, um, I think the new one out now is Newsweek says, Mike Lindell, it's a really bad idea to represent himself. What I said on our show was, I will never make a deal. I went on Inside Edition. You're all going to see that. Another horrible outfit. I went on them the other day, and they go, so are you going to give up on this now? And I said, you know, or make a deal? Since you, and I said, here's the deal. I will never make any deal until the machines are melted down, turned into prison bars. If they offered me a trillion dollars, that's what I told them. Billions, trillions don't matter. I said, here you go, Mike. Quit talking about our election platforms. I said, I wouldn't take it. I wouldn't take it if all the money in the world does not matter if we don't have a country. No. And they, and, uh, so. So that's where, that's where it's at. And, uh, and I'll tell you where all three things are at. Now I know we have a few minutes, but I want to give you an update. So you have three things going on here. Let's go with, here's my pillow. And we've had people, uh, come forward and just keep, buy as much product as they can. We've had individuals, uh, thanks, Elfie, um, that have bought, uh, just to put in big POs. So because we just got, uh, slammed that you can't even imagine over there. And these, uh, and um, so the people have helped out over there with my pillow, which is buying a lot of product, you know, to keep them going right now. Uh, we had another thing happen there where our product didn't get here in time because overseas vendors, they cut their banks, cut them off. So like my towels and my sheets, their banks cut them off. So they were crippled. So they had a, a three to four week gap where they had to go get money to even make them so that, because I have credit with them and I didn't have the money. Normally I could have said, here, I'll pay for them. So they got, there was a three week gap. We just got all those in this week. So you haven't seen us on TV for about, I don't know how long, no, about three, three weeks. Well, so all that revenue, all the stuff that's going on, it's really hurt my pillow, but we're, you know, everybody's been helping out there and, and buying. Then you have my silo. And inside edition goes, yeah, we read you only have, you're only left with a pickup truck in your house. I said, that's all I had when I started. 
So I haven't lost anything. And it's true. That's where I drive. I go, I like, I enjoy hunting and fishing after I leave here. I'm going to South Dakota. I'm going hunting. Um, and I, you know, I don't eat with two forks. You know, I don't care. And money hasn't been my thing. When I had money, I said on Jimmy Kimmel, I used to give it all to every single thing for addiction, foundation. It didn't matter. Pro life stuff. Yeah, everything. Every yeah, the, the unplanned, the movie, the movie unplanned. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I just I give it I I just give it all away. It didn't mean that's not where I have enough to keep keep going. Now all the in, uh, but all the money I did have, I had spent on on over here. And then you got over here. This is the the Lindell recover or the Lindell. Um, offense fund, the Lindell offense fund, um, org, which now we have it under lindellplan.com. That's where that thing right there is what needs help. I've done everything I can. I put $50 million over the last two and a half years. We have the only plan, the best plan to save this country. General Flynn, I showed him the plan two months ago. He goes, Mike, this is genius. I said, is it good? He goes, it's a really good plan. But he said, it is our only plan. And uh, so we have that. Turning Point has endorsed it. We've got this thing is, it would, you know, we have these devices, but it's so much more than that. I encourage you all to go. You can go there, look at that. And that thing right there, we've come, if you all remember the movie Smokey and the Bandit from back in the day where, where Jackie Glaze goes, we didn't come all this way to go home with empty pockets. Well, we got, we're here about 90 some percent of the way in this plan. And we have to get to the finish line. This is what saves our country. I don't have any more money to put in there, not a dime. But I've been going around, and, I've, and we've been doing our show, and people have responded. And we're we, doing a telethon for you. Yeah, and we're going to do a telethon coming up. But we, the, the people have responded enough to keep that going because we, we have the November 7th election, and we're going to be using a lot of the components from that election to be able to um, proof of concept for the, the next 10 months. And... Um, so that's the, so people have responded there and they, uh, um, I encourage you all to get the Frank Social app. That's the election crime app. You can steal real time election crime. Frank Social. And then, um, I told our real president the other day, he called me up and he said, uh, we were talking and, and, uh, he goes, Mike, he said, you know, the only way they beat me is if they steal it again. And I said, and he said, I said, that's right. And he goes, are you going to, are these election platforms going to be fixed in time? And I said, sir, they're already fixed against you. We got to unfix them and secure them with paper ballots, hand counted, same day voting, precinct level, and signature required. By the way, everybody, I'm going to give you some more hope. The you know, last January when I ran for RNC chair, God told me to run, but He didn't say I was going to win. And and but I couldn't understand when I was there. What you know, God, why did I go through all that? Well, here's what manifested out of that. I got to know a lot of them people, and Ronna McDaniel said, she goes, I look forward to working with Mike Lindell if I win. Well, she did win, and she didn't let me down in that regard because this August, we, they put forth a bill, or I mean a resolution, same-day voting, paper ballots, hand-counted, precinct level, and signature required. She didn't go against it, and they 100% endorsed that. So what that's going to do is help us, everybody. When we go, when we go to all the states, like right here in Missouri, my biggest pushback of our efforts over the last two and a half years have been these uniparty Republicans, bar none. The hardest states have been to go to get, <clears throat> to get anything done. South Dakota, Missouri, Alabama. Missouri's got great progress here because they're fighters here. But Alabama, Arkansas, Texas, Mississippi. Is that your common thread? Kentucky. 
these things here, you'd think you should be able to go right in and say, hey, let's do this. Eh, wrong. Well, I'll tell you what, this plan lays it out, and we're going to be able to go back to these counties. I'll give you one quick example. I'll give you Arkansas for an example, and you tell me if this makes sense. Cleborne County, Arkansas, went to paper ballots, hand county, got rid of the machine about a year ago. About a month after that, a guy named Senator Kim Hammers over there, this guy's a Republican, and he pushes a bill through, and the bill says they pass right away, within a week. And the bill says, if you go to paper ballots hand-counted in Arkansas, we're defunding your county. Now you think of this. All these other counties in Arkansas were going to go to paper. And he did that. What Does that make sense to anybody? It makes no sense. So I'm telling you, things like that, about a year ago, I said, God, I said, we need a, we need a different, we're not going to get there in time with all these blockers. And then he laid out this plan for me, or for all of us. And you need to get on board with that. It becomes, it almost becomes a sales pitch. After this fall's election, we're going to go back to every county official. Because one of the biggest things that has blocked us is, every time we go in and say, hey, those machines, every county in the country had people voted that don't live there or that were dead in the 2020 election. Every county in the United States. Now, they didn't come in and go, hey, let's go vote for Biden. Let's go into this county. Their names were pulled from the voter rolls or they were deceased and they were, a lot of them were deceased. But we go to these county officials and they say one thing, that's impossible because what? Our machines are not online. They're not on the internet. Who, who told you that? Well, the machine companies told us that. Well, good for them, special K. They're on the internet, you know? So anyway, everybody, it, this time around, we're going to have, we have all the pieces we needed these last two and a half years to manifest into this next year, which I have 300,000 people on the ground. Every week I do a call and, uh, and, uh, Cause of America. It goes out to all 50 states. Most of these people have been working for nothing 12 to 18 hours a day since November 4th of 2020. So everybody just keep the faith. We are going to save this country, and we are in the greatest revival for Jesus Christ in history. Do you want to sign off for Lindell TV real quick? We're live on Lindell. You want to say goodbye to them before we let them go? Well, unless you want them to run into your worldview, I don't care. It can stay live. <laughs> he was always worried about that. <laughs> you're you're running always... a weekend if you want to just keep going. No, no, care. because we have, uh, we are going to air this as a special for our two days. Okay. We're saving it for our two days. Okay. So, uh, sorry, anyway. Lindell TV people. Okay. You should be here in the building. But you'll get to see it later. Okay. Because we're going to save okay. it for Okay, all right, all right. Well, but then you sign off. You usually do. I really do. Use She's... promo code L77 to save up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will actually do that. If you appreciate what Mike is doing, folks at home, they're watching on the Lindell Report on Lindell TV. Sheets, towels, blankets, pet beds, slippers, sandals, mattresses, mattress toppers, robes, and more. I've done that a few times. You can get. He's the, good. You're hired. You're hired. <laughs> My Pillow 2.0 with the new coolant technology. Buy one, get one free. We have luxurious Giza Dream Sheets are on sale. Don't forget that we have the back door. We still have the back door, the radio and podcast yeah. on the homepage. Yeah, Go down absolutely. to where Mike is wearing the headphones with towels the microphone. Are, towels are uh, $29.98 for a six pack. Six set. pack. But that's one good thing about cutting out the retailers and the shopping channels. It's directly to you, all of you. For you know, they usually take fifty percent. You know, That's on all right. this. So, so L seven seven for that. We also have slippers on that back door. Thirty nine ninety eight. That's right. Yeah. Go 
Go to mypillow.com. Now, are they $39.99 on the homepage, too, or just that back door? Just the back door. Just the back door. So mypillow.com. Scroll down to where he's wearing the microphone or the headphones in front of a microphone, and you'll find that, including a button for 80% off. There's all kinds of deals there. When they're gone, they're gone. There's Christmas specials, all kinds of things there. And don't forget, you can actually order a mattress and have it show up at your front door in a box. It's amazing. And Mike's favorite that he sleeps on is the MyPillow 2.0 3-inch mattress topper. That's right. And the the MyPillow 2.0 products, the, the pillows, they're on, the queens are on sale for $39.98. King's just $5 more. Those, the mattress toppers 2.0 and the beds, those are the ones that keep my employees going. They're all 100% made in the USA. And they, I didn't just throw a bed together get it from someone else. I took it apart layer by layer and said, I went down these bedding companies for a long time and said, what does this do for me? Well, that's for decoration. I want this to work. So now what does this do? What does this do? What does this do? You can make it look, anybody make you look good on the outside. What's inside there that helps your delta sleep and your body's pressure points? That's what I did for that, where you got the MyPillow 2.0. And then people say to me, the bots and trolls say, well, you had my pillow. Now we got to buy another one. I invented my pillow exactly 20 years ago. And it hadn't changed up until now. Sleep is about height and temperature. Nobody wants hard or firm. They all want soft, but they want it to stay there if there's such a thing, if you could adjust it. That's what my pillow is. But it, and my pillow didn't get hot. But, that, but now with the, with the temperature-regulated thread that was available now last year in the United States, we made this fabric on them. Now you've got this cooling fabric that, that uh, coupled with the MyPillow patented fill, and hence you have the MyPillow 2.0. It wasn't developed like some people accuse me. Oh, you came up with that, so if you have this, you need this. I wouldn't put 10-year warranties on my products if I wanted to make it like other companies do, uh, make it to wear out in a year. Back then, people thought I was nuts. You put a 10-year warranty on all of our products. Well, why not make them to last? That's what I grew up with. I was at a store the other day, and they wanted me to buy a $4.99 warranty on a cooler that cost $29. I go, what, is the lid going to break? i got to pay another $5 for a warranty? Oh. <laughs> well, that's MyPillow.com, promo code L77, all right? Now, we're going to sign off for the Lindell Report, but I think what we're going to do, Logan, do you see my text? Yes, he did. All right, so what we're going to do now is sign off for the Lindell Report, all right? So thank you to all of you watching on Lindell TV for the Lindell Report. That's the Lindell Report with Mike Lindell. Thanks for watching. Take care, but don't turn off. You're watching All right, now we're going to transition. TV.